talk about an uphill battle 2,000 acres of beans and cattle But he don't ever get a rattle he just This is Greg Bloom and welcome to another episode of Food Chat. Food Chat is all about reconnecting you to your food. Where does food come from? Over the last few months and weeks, we've interviewed farmers, ranchers, restaurant owners, chefs, all kinds of people involved in getting food from the farm to your table. Today, I'm excited to be with Justin Van at the Food Bank of Larimer County. Justin, welcome to Food Chat. Thanks for having me, Greg. Cool. Good to be here. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad that uh, we got together finally. We've been trying to put this together for a while, but we're so busy. But hey, tell our listeners, Justin, that don't know, because people hear the word food bank, but they probably don't know what it is. So let's just start with the basics. What is a food bank? Well, it's, it's kind of what you might think it is. It's like a, a repository for food, um, which is mostly donated. It's rescued food, and it's a central place to collect and distribute that food to people in need through uh, our pantries or through uh, smaller pantries throughout the community. And uh, food banks differ from food pantries. You mentioned food pantries, but until I started working with food banks a few years back, Justin, I didn't know that there was a difference. So explain to our listeners what a, what a food pantry is compared to maybe a food bank. Okay, so a, a food pantry is essentially like somewhere, like a store almost, where you're going to go get your groceries. So it could be a small food pantry at a church. Mm. It could be a large-scale grocery store feeling type of a pantry. Um, it can range in scale, but it's for clients to go and get free food for their for their families. Yeah, I think most people like myself might call a food pantry a food bank when actually it's a food pantry. And a food pantry is actually that has the access to the general public where they're actually getting the food. Right, right. That's kind of your end user. That's like your your client touch right there is, is the pantry. Right, the food pantry. Now, uh, tell us, where does the food in your food bank come from? That's a great question. So a variety of sources. A lot of the food we get uh, is rescued. Um, we have grocery rescue route drivers that are going around five days a week, sometimes six days a week to all your grocery stores, all your little, um, you know, bodegas, places like that have groceries that they would otherwise have to, you know, maybe throw out because the produce is getting a little old or something's coming up on the, the best buy date. So that's about 3 million pounds a year that we're rescuing from our local community. Um, another big source is national donations through um, from like Mondelez, Kraft, so that's like your Belvita, Triscuits, um, Kraft, any of your big brands you see in any store. Um, at a national level, they're donating truckloads of product, so that's a big chunk of our of our food as well. So your pr- trucks are picking up food, which is awesome because that's repurposing food that would probably get thrown away. Correct. And yeah. I heard a, a crazy number that's actually sad. If it's true, it's probably true because I think the EPA does studies, but they said that forty uh, percent of the food in this country gets thrown in the in the dump. Yeah, it, it's an absolute waste to throw that food away because it's just as good as any other food. Uh, it just might not look as good. It might be a weird shape, um, too big, too small, and they just don't want to sell that. Um, but it's perfectly good to eat, and that's where we come in is to divert that from the landfill and also to feed people in need. I was with uh, Michael Hirakata, who grows cantaloupes and uh, watermelons in the southeast part of the state, the Rocky Ford area, and I was watching his truck go through his guys picking out the melons, and I said, why are they leaving all those melons there? He goes, well, because for this customer, it's a retail customer, they they look oblong, they're not perfect, they have a white 
side on their tummy of the watermelon. We can't sell them. I thought, what a waste. <laughs> so those actually go to a food bank. Yeah, exactly. And uh, that's one of the big parts of our budget actually is to pay those producers to harvest and package that food because it does cost money to do that. And it's it's a good thing to do, but also we have to come in and meet them kind of halfway um, where it would be cheaper to just turn that over in their field. Um, we do pay those producers, whether they're in Larimer County or it might be a grow house in Canada or somewhere far away, but they are getting a little bit of a fee to offset their kind of their handling, not necessarily for the, the product. But at least it doesn't get left in the field and turned into fertilizer, or at least it's not wasted. Exactly. Because that farmer put, you know, seed, water, fertilizer down to grow that, and it's perfectly nutritious and perfectly fine. It just happens to be an odd shape or color. So without food banks around to buy those or at least offset some of the cost, you know, those poor producers would be out. So it's such a valuable thing you guys do. Yeah, exactly. And that that produce makes up about 35% of our overall distribution. That's our goal is to have fresh produce be at least 35% of what we distribute to our clients. So maybe a lesson for our listeners is when you're in the store, wherever you shop, buying your local produce, don't always pick the prettiest one on the shelf. In fact, maybe try to find the ugliest one because even at the retail store level, I know I've talked to produce people at uh, the retail store where I shop my neighborhood and they, they actually have to, you know, put a lot of that food in a, it gets picked up probably by you guys. It gets picked up so that it gets repurposed instead of thrown away. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, we're going out there Monday through Saturday in some cases to pick up any donations and, you know, uh, produce has a quick turnover anyway. So, you know, you might have a few days on it once it gets to the store to sell it and and that's just got to be turned over pretty quick. But most of the produce we're picking up from stores goes out the same day to our clients. And I have seen a lot of produce in food pantries and food banks, but people that have never been inside of a the the inner, inner workings of a food bank, uh, Justin might not know that you you have all kinds of food here. You have shelf stable food. You have meats. You have uh, all kinds of things. So tell us tell us about a little about the variety of food that you offer. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we'll we'll accept anything that's edible, that's safe to eat. Uh, food safety is a big priority of ours. So you know, we don't take anything that's questionable and safety or or if it's been mishandled but um meat is something that everyone always asks for um milk um eggs things like that we've been fortunate to have some grant money from the state of colorado actually um a big chunk of money that we've been able to buy some of those things so our pantries have always had you know some eggs and some more access to some of those less accessible things like milk and and meat yeah, and that, that's great. So that when people that have need, they, they can actually come and get pretty much everything they need. And even this sounds crazy, but I've even seen uh, pet food in food pantries, right? Yeah, that's a great, great thing to bring up. Pet food is one of my favorite things to distribute because pets are family and people will put their pets first. And if we're able to provide them a little help in that area, that means they can buy more food for themselves to pay a bill, um, anything like that. And uh, I'll just name drop PetSmart uh, Charities has been doing first run production for Feeding America. So it's first run production dog and cat food and it's free delivery, uh, the whole nine yards. And that's just to uh, just to help out our neighbors in need. That's great. So everyone, kudos to PetSmart. And you know, my, my brother-in-law, my sister's husband is a vet in Boulder, has been for a long, long, long time. He owns a vet clinic there. And uh, I know that uh, people do love their pets. They 
and they love their pets and they'll go to any measure to it's like a family member right yeah exactly so um pets are important and like you to a point i never thought of if they're buying pet food um then uh they can't maybe if they're on a limited budget or things are tight then they can't buy people food you know uh, i also know it's not a good idea to feed i have dogs and cats it's not a good idea according to my brother-in-law to feed them people food they there's a special diet they need so yep they definitely need their, their own diet it's it's okay to give them some things but uh, for their long-term health they need that that pet food right so yeah pet food something i've seen and i've also seen just the same kind of things you see in the grocery store now let's talk a little bit justin about who um gets to go use the resources at a, at a food pantry can can anyone go to a food pantry yeah, so we have two brick-and-mortar pantries as well as we go out in the community six times a month with our trucks to set up a mobile food pantry, and we will never turn anyone away. Um, if someone's out there to seek food assistance, uh, we're there to provide that. We're there to provide hunger relief. So we will ask questions maybe to kind of know where people live or maybe some demographic information, um, but it's always going to be you know, available. If you come for the food, we're going to let you have some food. Yeah, the food pantries that I visited in the state um, will have like a sign-in sheet where you put your name and your address, but they really just want to track zip codes. They want to know where people are coming from. Sometimes they want to know if they're pulling a lot of people from a certain zip code and there's no food pantry there that maybe they need to get a food pantry if people are driving like, you know, an hour away right. to go to a food pantry. Right. And of course, our, our, our mission is hunger relief. So we do have that kind of an income threshold. We, you know, would like people to be under that. Um, just to, just as a guideline, that's the federal poverty line. Um, but we don't turn anyone away. We don't ask them for, for proof of income or anything like that. So again, we might ask them how much they make with what their education level is, things like that. But that's again, mostly to secure grant funding to get more food. So when we ask those questions, it's not to identify you and, and, you know, pin anyone down. It's, it's just to get more. Or make you feel bad that you need food. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Cause everyone's situation is different. Some people might have one rough month between jobs and they come to us once in their lifetime and that's totally fine that's what we're here for this uh, uh podcast um has a national audience so the majority of people that will listen to this podcast will not be in colorado so if you're listening to this podcast anywhere and you're looking for a food pantry because you yourself need some food assistance or someone you know needs some help they're having a hard time making ends meet, I would encourage you to, you know, get on your favorite, uh, uh, maybe Google Maps or whatever, and your, your neighborhood app, and just look for food pantries. Don't look for food banks. Food banks supply the food pantries. Look for food pantries, right? Am I right in that? Yeah, yeah, food pantries. There is a website. Um, I'll have to pull up the information, but it, it can tell you any pantry within a map, like within a radius, and you pull up their hours and where to go and and everything you need to know. So there's there's probably more pantries around than you know of that would love to love to help you out. Yeah, and you know, uh, people sometimes just need assistance for maybe a couple months. Uh, maybe they are between jobs or um, maybe just something happened like uh, something catastrophic and they needed to replace a car or something and they just can't afford food anymore. So if that's you or someone you know, please let them know about food pantries because, uh, you know, in this country, in this prosperous station, there's no reason people should go to bed hungry. Uh, even if they're, um, you know, I would just say if they're immigrants uh, and they, they, you know, here legally or illegally and they need food, there's assistance for them, you know, until we get them plugged in. So um, I would just uh, encourage people to uh, know that food pantries are out there. I think 
in this state alone, there's there's over 1,200 food pantries. Yeah, and like you said, Greg, like 40% of the food gets thrown away, so there's always more food. And, you know, as, as much as we can get, we'll, we'll give that out to clients. So don't ever feel shy about going and asking for help or, you know, waiting in that line. And, and that's the stigma that people have, and it'd be great to break through that and just get people to, to, to know that it's okay to get that food and you're actually helping keep that out of the trash. So Yeah, there's no shame in uh, going to a food pantry, especially when you realize that you're a large part helping repurpose food that might have been thrown away and be in the landfill, which is, you know, never good. So um, let's just finish um, our time together, Justin, talking about uh, uh, what what needs you have here at your food pantry. Yeah, it's, I would say our needs is always more money because uh, our buying power is much greater than if you go to the store and buy food at retail costs and donate it. That's great. We always appreciate that. Uh, food drives are a big source of our food, um, but we can always buy a lot of produce, a lot of fresh food, and our do- dollar goes a lot further um, if we're buying it at a scale uh, direct from manufacturers. So um, while there is a ton of food in the donation stream, um, we can always use that to buy things that maybe we don't get donated. Like there's not a lot of meat. There's not a lot of those things that you can freeze and hang on to. And and it lasts a lot longer than produce. So uh, the more money we get for things like that, the more we can provide that to our clients. Yeah, for anyone that wants to give to their local food bank, you know, they're all nonprofit, so um, you get that right off. And I have visited many of them, and they're all very lean. So don't worry that that they're admin top-heavy. They're not. The The people like you, Justin, that I see run food banks and food pantries, they're doing a lot of different jobs. They're, they're wearing themselves thin. They, there's a lot that, that they do. So uh, most of the donation money goes actually into buying food. Yeah, absolutely. Our, our overhead's very low and, and our waste is actually uh, 4% is our goal. And that's considering a lot of that was going to be thrown out to begin with. So like you said, we're very lean. Um, most of the money we get goes straight into our program, straight into buying food. Yeah, that's great. That's great. That's a, that's a good way to run a program. And, uh, um, you know, I also noticed that uh, a lot of the food banks and pantries run a lot on volunteers. Now, some some food banks and pantries might need volunteers and some may not. Maybe you could speak to that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with our volunteer staff, it makes up a good, I want to say 20 to 25 full-time positions worth of volunteer hours. So we absolutely could not operate without our volunteers. So um, if you're inclined to do so, check out your volunteer opportunities at whether it's the food bank or or a local pantry or a church, they could probably always use a hand and, and have some way to put you to use. Yeah, and uh, I have found it's helpful um, when you, usually they have, you know, like a online way to sign up for a volunteer. That's great. That's, uh, they're all busy people. They're not just sitting at the phone waiting for the phone to ring. So that's a good way. But also sometimes it's good to like finally get a person on the phone if you can and ask them, when, when do you need help the most? Because usually it's like all or none, right? There's certain days and certain times of the day where there's too many volunteers. There's certain times there's nobody here, you know? So Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's times where summertime people are off and they're doing stuff and those shifts are harder to fill, but um, we put those on the website, what's open, what's available, and, you know, we're always reachable. You'll always get someone to return a call. It might not be in an hour, but, you know, like you said, we wear a lot of hats, but, but we will definitely get back to you and, and put you where we need you. Yeah, if anyone listening to this is looking for a community service project for the, yourself, you're not really involved in community, but you want to give back or help out your community, 
really check out your local food bank or your local food pantry. And if you're if you have teenage kids that uh, you know watch a little bit too much TV, play a little bit too much video games, or not really doing much productive for the community, food pantries and food banks are a great way for them to get involved, and they can sweep floors, repackage product. Uh, what other kinds of things do people do at food pantries and banks? Uh, like you said, we sort food. We actually uh, we scan every piece of dry grocery product, like cans or cereal or anything like that. We scan that for a recall. We check for damage. We make sure it's not too far past the date. So um, sorting food, cleaning tasks, um, really anything that we need help with. Um, and it's a good perspective to see the, you know, the other side of things and be grateful for what you do have. If you can go help those that are, that are less fortunate. Yeah, that's a really good point. I can see that firsthand. And also, you know, I think one of the best things that volunteers learn about working in a food bank or a food pantry as a volunteer is it really connects them to the food industry because most people are not connected in any way whatsoever to the food industry. Less than one and a half percent of Americans are involved in food production these days. You know, if you look at like 50 years ago, it was 40 percent. 100 years ago, 80 percent of the country was involved in food production. But today, with just the way it is, very few people grow their own food and therefore they're so disconnected from how food gets to the table and what's involved in the inputs. And the food industry is actually a huge industry, but it's mostly run by big companies. There's smaller ones, but um, it's kind of like they used to say the same as go big or go home and consolidation. And more than that, but efficiencies. Um, for In order for food to be cheap, you have to be efficient in how you grow it, which is why you see a lot of big food manufacturers on bigger, bigger farms all the time. But I love the fact that people can come volunteer here and get connected to the food industry. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned the big the big industry because one of our kind of our most favorite programs we have is our local farm purchasing where we buy product, mostly produce, but also dairy and meat from local farms. And it's just to help them recover some of their costs if they produced too much to sell at a farmer's market or um, maybe they just had a slow week or whatever. We're buying that fresh produce from them to give out for free. So we're helping support those local food systems and keep those small farmers in business. Yeah, I'd have to say I've been in the food industry, Justin, for over 30 years, and I have never seen a bigger commitment to buy local and from local farmers and producers than the food banks. Uh, the big grocery stores don't do it. I mean, they say they do, but a lot of it's token, uh, just so they can have some window dressing to put posters up. And uh, they try to drive prices down on those guys, too, because I know a lot that sell them. And then restaurants, they, they really can't buy local that much because they're buying from a food distributor who, because of efficiencies, can't buy small amounts. They, they buy big amounts that are trucked in. So really, in the whole industry, food service versus retail versus food bank, the food bank industry or sector does the best job of supporting the local economy for people actually raising food. So kudos to you guys for doing that. Yeah, we've been really fortunate to have the funding. And that comes back to the more money we have, the more things we can do like that, whether it's supporting local producers or just having more options for the clients. Uh, Justin, let's just finish with, uh, if anyone wants to learn more about um, the Larimer County Food Bank, how would they learn more about it or volunteer or get plugged in? So our website is foodbanklarimer.org, and that's going to tell you kind of everything you need to know, where to volunteer, where to donate, how to get involved, um, even information about all of our agency partners, which we work with over 100 local agencies which range in size from big pantries to maybe a small uh, shelter and things like that so um, to get to know those partners and kind of get a direction of of what we do and um, how to get involved 
So I'll just repeat it back to you. Make sure I got it right. Foodbanklarimer.org. You got it. Foodbanklarimer.org. And if you're not in northern Colorado or Larimer County or uh, this area or this part of the country, you're not even in Colorado, just search for food banks uh, in your hometown uh, on any web search platform. But, hey, with that, we'll close. Justin, thank you so much for being on this episode of Food Chat and uh, look forward to uh, seeing you down the road. And thanks for all the work that you do. Absolutely. It was a pleasure, Greg. Thank you. The plants, the fields, and the spring that turn from green to that harvest honey. Hold one up for the banker downtown that got him on his feet.